Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, February the 12th. And welcome to our commentary. Well, I want to begin by congratulating Kansas City. That was that was a great game. I mean, I, I know somebody has to win, somebody has to lose in these kinds of games, but that was an absolutely great game. I, I just, you know, I'm I'm absolutely, I was so impressed because, you know, going into overtime, I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm sure that all of you did. But Kansas City is quite a quite a team. And, you know, they're still fairly young, I guess. And uh, Patrick Mahomes is, what, 20, 28? So, my goodness, he's got a lot of chances. I mean, he could be right up there with some of the great quarterbacks of all time if he's not already. So, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to say congratulations to the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I didn't really have a favorite in this uh, Super Bowl. I was just hoping for a great game. And that we did get. We got a great game. So congratulations to the NFL for uh, a great Super Bowl. Uh, Just absolutely what every fan wants to see. A good game that goes right down to to the end of the clock. Well, today we're going to talk about, uh, they have a post over at the American Thinker today talking about the Trump campaign. You know, the Trump campaign is sitting very pretty right now. I mean, they they have a good lead and certainly for the Republican nomination, I mean, it's almost a done deal. There's no, nothing that I can see preventing him uh, from getting the nomination. And as far as the presidency is concerned, he's leading in all the polls and he's starting to build a nice little consistent lead. I mean, if you look at all the polling data, he's leading and just about every poll out there. But my post was about what I saw over the weekend with uh, President Trump, or former President Trump, where he said a couple of things, and he's going to have to be more careful with this, because every time he mentions one of these things, or he says something, example number one, what he said about uh, Michael Healy, or Haley, uh, the, the husband of Nikki Haley, Now, Michael Haley is in the military, and he is deployed overseas. I think he's in the Middle East somewhere. And President Trump starts talking about, you know, where is this man? Why isn't he with his wife? You know, and obviously he didn't know or he forgot that the man is in the military. But the point is, why even go there? Why even talk about the candidate's husband or spouse? Just leave Nikki Haley alone. You got a 50-point lead over her across the board. You're going to wipe her out in South Carolina. Uh, You know, you look at all the other polls. She's way behind. Now, she may hang around uh, to South Carolina, but I don't see how she's going to be able to justify her campaign after this. And even though there are some rumors that some Democrats are going to vote for her, in South Carolina, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. And so my, my whole point in, in, the, in the American Thinker article is why even mention? Why bring her up? I, you know, if President Trump just stops talking about some of these things, like the comments that he made about NATO. Now, I understand where he's going with the comments. I understand where he's going. A lot of us are very angry that some of the allies and some of the members of NATO are not paying their fair share. We get it. But why bring it up the way he brought it up? Basically saying that he would tell Russia to go ahead and invade some other country. That's certainly the way it came across. I don't think he meant it that way, but that's the way it came across. So my whole point is that, and if 
if I could somehow just have two minutes of President Trump, I would say, look, you've got a big lead. You're doing real well. You're going to be just fine. Just hang in there. Hang in there. Just, you know, give the usual speech. All you have to do is talk about your successful presidency and compare it with the unsuccessful presidency of, of Joe Biden. That's all you got to do. I mean, the fact is that the country is seeing it. Poll after poll shows that he's gaining and he's doing quite well. Poll after poll is showing that the country is unhappy with President Biden. So why why would uh, President Trump talk about something other than just a script or just a basic speech saying, this is what we're going to do, this is what we did, and we're going to do it again, and we're going to make America great again, whatever, whatever he wants to say, something like that. That's all he has to do at a time like this. But when he starts talking about, you know, Michael Haley or Healy or Haley, right, Michael Haley, uh, the candidate's husband who is deployed, that's why he's not with his wife, you know, he's inviting, frankly, not only criticism, but he's inviting a lot of giving, basically giving the other side the opportunity to talk about something other than the fact that uh, Joe Biden is in trouble. So, Again, Mr. President, stick to your script. You've got a great script. You've got a great message. Just stick to it. And I think you'll find that uh, these issues won't come up. Now, maybe he doesn't read a script. Maybe he just talks, which is what I think happens. Maybe he's looking at some, I don't know what he's looking at. But he needs to stick to a message. And the message is, I did it, and I'm going to do it again. That's the message. And if he does that, he will be. Uh, he will win. He will win simply because the country is so unhappy with the Biden presidency. Of course, that takes us to another issue, and that is the Biden presidency and this uh, special counsel report uh, that came out uh, the other day. Total disaster. A total, absolute disaster, this uh, uh, the special counsel report. Now, you can tell it's a disaster because uh, the Democrats are now trying to destroy the author of the report. Special counsel, uh, I think his last name is Her. Uh, they're trying to destroy him. Uh, they're saying that it was unnecessary to mention any of these things. Well, what did they expect the special counsel to say? I mean, the special counsel very clearly went through the the violations, saying willfully detaining documents, documents that he was not supposed to have, documents that. He wasn't supposed to have a senator. That's the big scandal for me, the senator. And then the the, the documents that he had at his office, I guess, after he left uh, the vice presidency. I mean, my goodness, he had a case against him. And then he decided, well, I'm not going to press charges because, you know, if we put him in front of a jury, they're going to think of him as an elderly, kind, you know, elderly gentleman who doesn't remember or has a bad memory. Well, I mean, that was pretty rough for a uh, a special counsel to say that about the person that he just investigated. But as I mentioned in my article that is uh, coming out uh, Tuesday morning, uh, the reality is that all of these cases are falling apart. And they're falling apart. I mean, look at the document case. The document case, there's no way, there's no way that they're going to be able to indict or prosecute Donald Trump over documents after what we just saw with Joe Biden and what we saw a few years ago with Hillary Clinton. It's just not going to wash. The country is going to say, forget it. That's not right. 
That's a double standard of justice. So that issue, that whole case about the documents is pretty much out the window. I mean, I don't see how they can go after him, especially after the Joe Biden report and what we saw with Hillary Clinton a few years ago. The two cases up in New York happen to be uh, an insult to justice because that's simply a case of targeting a man, whether it was that woman who says that he raped her 30 years ago or the other case about fraud. That's not going anywhere. That's going to, I mean, that'll stay in New York and not be much of a problem for him politically. I think everybody knows that those two cases are just absolute uh, trash and that they're picking on on President Trump. Then the case down in Georgia, this is the famous RICO case that they were going to throw at him. Well, if you've been following the news from down in Georgia, that's that may not even get off the ground because the lady who was uh, spearheading that investigation, Fannis Willis, she's got some problems, some big problems of her own. So my whole point is that a lot of these cases are not going to materialize. That There is one apparently related to January the 6th. That one, something may come out of that one, but it, it, it could also come out after the, the election. So really, I like the position that President Trump is in. I think that he is, many of these cases are, are going to be falling off simply because they, they weren't much of a case or because there are other issues uh, related to them, like the one down in Fannis, uh, Fanny Williams down in uh, Wills down in, in Georgia. So, you know, getting back to my first message, President Trump should stick, completely stick to a message. And the message is, I did it before and I'm going to do it again and stay away from everything else because all the other stuff doesn't help him uh, at this moment. Well, going back in history, February the 12th, this has always been one of my favorite topics. And that is, uh, it was on this day in 1809 that Abraham Lincoln was born. Of course, he went on to be the greatest uh, of American presidents. And I always, you know, when I was a little kid, and I have a post about this, when I was a a little kid, I, I used to, we had an uncle, we had a great uncle in Cuba, who was a huge fan of Abraham Lincoln. And he he would re- recite uh, the Gettysburg Address in English and in Spanish. Pretty impressive uh, of my great uncle to do. And he kind of he was the one who probably created this interest in me uh, about Abraham Lincoln. And then when we first came when we came to the United States, of course, that interest went uh, a lot deeper. And Abraham Lincoln, I, I still believe, is the greatest American president, maybe the greatest. Well, George Washington, obviously, you have to put him in that category too. But, you know, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, in my opinion, are the two greatest uh, Americans, the two great characters of the American story. And whenever I think of Abraham Lincoln, I don't know if you saw that movie that came out a few years ago called Lincoln, when he was uh, fighting for the, the 13th Amendment that eliminated slavery. Great movie, great, uh, great story. But for me, Abraham Lincoln, as I said, is uh, just uh, one of those people that uh, was uh, every, you know, every every country has people like that that come around in a generation. And he was, uh, he was the man. He was the one who I think held this country together. So I always think of Abraham Lincoln on February the 12th. His, uh, would have been his, his birthday, of course. He would have been 200 and, what, 215 years old? I mean, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty amazing. But he was born 215 years ago on this day. And he was born in a little shack, I guess, a little farm. And in Illinois, I believe, or Kentucky. I don't remember the story that that, that close. 
But what a great man, Abraham Lincoln. And if you have a chance, uh, well, talk about him today. I, you know, we used to remember when I first came to the United States, we had uh, Abraham Lincoln Day, Lincoln Day. And I think they've done away with that now and done this President's Day where they put everybody on the same day. But I, I still like the fact that we we celebrated February the 12th. And I think we should go back to that. We should go back to President Lincoln's Day. I think he merits that kind of attention, just like President Washington merits uh, a day uh, later on February the 22nd. Thank you for listening. Everybody have a great day. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.